continue to chat about the exodus led by Moses. They are in the desert, on their way to the promised land, and a prelude to the kingdom. In the last chat, we had just navigated, with God's provision, the Sea of Reeds. We had witnessed the annihilation of the Egyptian army and heard a song of praise rendered to God. This led Miriam to begin dancing before the Lord. She was joined then by the other women. I remember yesteryear when some parts of the church frowned, even prohibited dancing. Granted, it was uh, directed primarily to the man-woman thing, but Scripture recognizes dancing as a high form of worship. Consider 2 Samuel 6, 14. And David, wearing a linen ephod, danced with all his might before the Lord. A couple of notes there. Note, David laid aside his royal robes to declare that he as king of Israel willingly humbled himself to be the Lord's minister and servant. Secondly, David danced with high expressions of joy. It seems to me that we ought to serve God with the, in the same way of our whole body and our soul and with every talent and energy we possess. In addition, dancing is commanded. Psalm 144, verse 1 through 3. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. Back to the desert. Before leaving the desert, in Exodus 15.20, it is proclaimed that Miriam was a prophetess. When one thinks of a prophetess, what is the first thought? It would seem reasonable to say visions and predictions of the future. Let me suggest that the label of prophet or prophetess describes one that is a fountain of God's word and one who bubbles forth the word. Prediction is only a small side of prophecy. The right to be wrong is uh, explicitly reserved here, but uh, in a casual reading of the rest of Exodus, I do not find where Moses makes any prediction of the future based on a vision. Yet, in Deuteronomy 34.10, says, that no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses. The point is, while many prophets are given visions for prediction, for future predictions, the principal function of a prophet prophet is, is to speak the word of God. In the New Testament, I find only four being labeled as prophet or prophetesses. There's John the Baptist, there's Jesus, there's Agabus, and Anna. Others are reported to, <clears throat> to, prophet, to prophesy, but usually on single occasions were not given the title. So that raises the question, are there prophets among us today? I think there are. Back to Exodus 15. After deliverance, celebration, and rejoicing, the Israelites start off in the desert, and right away they run into a problem. That's just the way it is. Elijah puts shame to 450 priests of Baal and then runs right into a problem with Jezebel, bent on revenge. Jesus is baptized, anointed, and blessed by God the Father, and right away runs into Satan. That's just the way it is. 
from victory and celebration to trial. From what I read, three days without water is about the physical limit of a human being. So the tongues of the Israelites must be hanging out when they see the pool of water and rush to get a drink. Remember, the herds of animals will also be very thirsty. Bah, it's bitter, it's undrinkable. One can almost hear them say, is God mocking us? What is he doing? God has and will continually put his people into positions where they had to know they were totally dependent upon God. He's not going to grease the skids to go from one soft place to another. The tough times are designed to replenish our trust. It seems to me that turning the water from bitter to sweet was not an utterly unique miracle, but more likely an entirely natural phenomenon, which was revealed by our knowledge. Note, however, God was not forthcoming until Moses cried out for help. Then God pointed out Moses the tree that would change the water from bitter to sweet. God went further with a conditional promise. They would be provided natural immunity from the diseases of Egypt if they would listen, do what is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments. Please note, at this point, <coughs> he is asking only to follow his commandments. There was no onerous ritual of sacrifices and ceremonies. These came later because of their stiff neck and hard heart. I see a principle here. Do like he says the first time when he says it. Any delay will only create a tougher path. They move on to Elam and find a pleasant campsite with good water. Note, 12 springs are there, one for each tribe. How convenient. How appropriate is the 23rd Psalm? Then and now. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. Next be the miracle of the manna. Shalom and blessings on your house. Good day.